This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Haven't we had awesome sessions already? I mean, just from last night when Pastor Tom was talking about illegal prayers, man, I said, I am going to be cashing in, you know, because I have friends who I have not cashed in on the social relationship that I have with them. So there will be some illegal approaches. Even my friends in the house, you are free to make illegal approaches to me, with the exception of my wife. Anything else, we can talk about that. As we, uh, as we settle down, let us open our Bibles to First Samuel chapter 9, and we are going to just get into the Word of God. If you are there, just say, aha. Every time you say that, people always fall for it in church, and oftentimes they're not even there, but it's okay because we're used to it. Just learn to be honest in the presence of God. This is a time of prayer. You know, you don't want to contaminate your prayer. You do not want to contaminate your testimony of what God is doing over this prayer weekend because as we have been hearing that men ought to always pray without ceasing. We need to constantly pray. No matter what, we must always be in prayer. Birds will sing, dogs will bark, cows will mow, but you and I, we pray because that is the language of believers when they talk to their heavenly father. We pray all the time. Can I get an amen in the house? Praise God. All right. So we are going to go through just a couple of verses. There's a few points, a few bus stops along the way, and we will see what God is saying to us. Amen. So I'm going to read from uh, verse 2. This is talking about uh, Kish, the father of Saul. Uh, You know, it's very difficult to talk about Saul in a positive light because he precedes David, uh, a psalmist, a great king, one who God says is after my heart. So it's very difficult to find some positives out of Saul, but there are valuable lessons that we can learn from this chapter here. So in verse 2, we're getting a description of this guy. Uh, and, and it says, and he had, a ch- he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was, not, there was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upwards, he was taller than any of the people. I mean, this guy looks like he was ripped. It looks like this is someone who had a six-pack. It looks like this was someone who was well-made, well-chiseled. I mean, be, uh, just underneath this suit here, th- there is, you know, an eight-pack. But I think of Saul as he's being described here. He was well-made, especially from here. Uh, have you ever noticed guys who work out in the gym, they always want to walk topless. They always want to show off their muscles, their lat and their trapezius. But this guy here... He was head and shoulders above the rest. But no matter what, church, I want to tell you something. There are people that you may see in church and you think they have got it all together. But you have no idea how much battles they are going through. You have no idea how much insecurities they are going through. You have no idea. They are also trying to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Just like you. They may look the part on the outside. But God cannot be fooled. We can be fooled. We can wear our Armani suits. We can 
can wear the Gucci shoes. We can have the smile. We can be well-groomed and well-trained in our speech. But God looks at the inside. He looks at the heart. God is interested in the heart. And this man, this soul guy, he had everything. He had all the elements to look the part. But we all know what became of him. Let's, so now that we have defined him, we're going to come back to his looks later on. So in verse 3, now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you. Arise, go and look for the donkeys. Pastor Tom, in his word for 2018, he said that community and relationships are going to play a, a huge part in this year. In this year, I want to tell you, if you think you can do it on your own, no, somebody has misinformed you. You are going to need people on your left, on your right. You are going to need friends. The journey is long. You cannot get there on your own using your own devices. You are going to need a community around you, a community of support around you. Just in the afternoon, I was talking to a, a close friend of mine, a dear brother, and as he looked at me in the eyes, he said to me, Norman, I need you to be open. We are going to have to be open, transparent, and we're going to be prophesying into each other. I want to be able to prophesy into your life as much as you must prophesy into my life. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him, I'm like, come on, my brother, talk to me, because I'm feeling that, because I cannot live as an island, though it says Norman as the first name, but I am one who enjoys company of people. I want to do stuff with people. All I can do and spend the day is just chill, hang out, talk and have a laugh. I can do that all day I have got no problems with that because I know what God has called me to do I cannot attain it or achieve it on my own I need your influence I need the perspective of someone who's a teenager the perspective of someone who's a young adult someone who's in their 30s someone in their 40s at the same time I need the perspective of God's kingdom from someone who's in their 50s and their 60s because that's God's kingdom all people's matter can I get an amen so they set off. So he takes his servant and they go on a journey. Can two walk together unless they've agreed? No, they have to come to a place of agreement. Have we agreed to pursue what God has placed in this house? Can we agree to pursue the vision of this house? Can we do that? Are we at the place of agreement? Who are you walking with closely? Who can challenge you? Who speaks into your life? Who are you accountable to? Who do you open up to and say, man, I'm struggling with this? Who do you go to and say, man, I have had a victory. Let's celebrate. Who is there with you for your highs and for your lows, for all your wrestles, the, the stuff that you wrestle with? Who is there? Who do you talk to? Who do you bounce off ideas? Because Saul had his servant, and they set off on a journey. And as they set off on a journey, look at the places they passed. Verse 4, so... He passed through the mountains of Ephraim, through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there. They passed through the land of the Benjamins, but they did not find them when they had come to the land of Zuf. So you can see they are navigating. Anyone who has headed cattle will tell you that is one heck of a task to look for cattle, especially if you have no idea where they went. I will tell you this. Growing up in... Um, 
in the villages in, in Buera. I, I originally were from Gutu, but drought moved us to Buera, which was less of a, of a drought there. We used to have cattle. And in heading cattle, there was always open fields, which nobody farmed. Everybody knew it was like a communal agreement. This is where the, the cattle would come and, would just come and graze. And then we would make a, a ball out of plastics and ropes and we would play that. So because we had a river that ran across, so on this side there was the Ndebele-speaking people. On this side there was the Shona-speaking people. And we would get there in the afternoon and we would always play an El Clasico in the fields because it was always the Shonas against the Ndebeles and we obviously always used to win. But what would happen... Yeah, thanks for your confidence. But what always used to happen, what always used to happen was the game would get so intense and would all get so engrossed in our match and then we would all lose track that we're actually supposed to be heading cattle. And then they would wander off. You always would have one or two that would just wander off up into the mountains and now you don't know where they are gone. But you cannot go back home saying we are less by three or four. That was unacceptable. You won't come back home. You Until you found it in the dark, you had to figure it out. So I understand very well where Saul and his servant were when they were looking for the donkeys that were lost. So they keep wondering and they're wondering. And we get to, uh, you know, as they were wondering, let me just stop there for a moment. You know, Dr. Henry, Pastor Henry Pilani, he, Pilai, he said this morning, this afternoon, he said, everybody is in pursuit of something. Because this is a world full of grief, sore, and wrestles. There are so many struggles that we all go through. Can I get an amen from someone who has faced some struggles? I'm in the right place. So we are constantly looking for something that we have lost. Others have lost, whether it be opportunities, job opportunities, employment opportunities, investment opportunities. Some have lost out to a better looking guy. You know, so you, you, you lose out. Some have lost wealth. Some have lost substance. But at the end of the day, people lose stuff of value to them. And there are cases where you know if you, if you go in pursuit, you will find what you have lost. As in the case of Saul, he knew that the donkeys could be found. You always get an idea. You will, as you wander around looking for them, you'll be told, well, they were last seen a couple of hours going in that direction. You walk in that direction for a couple of hours, you get there, you are told they went that direction and you keep on. So there is always some signposts along the way. Now, it is an impression, it is a picture of you and I searching for that which we have lost. There are other people in this congregation right now who have been in search of stuff for the last five years, the last 10 years, they are still in pursuit. You know it is out there if you continue pushing. Some people have gone through valleys, they've gone through the mountains in the heat and in the rain. People have walked, whether in sickness or in good health, on empty tummies, on full tummies. People have walked. You walk for distances. Sometimes the walk is not nice, it is not enjoyable, but you know you are in pursuit of something that rightfully belongs to you, and you know that if you continue pushing, if you continue walking, you will find it. So I am here today, church, to remind you that whatever you feel the enemy has withheld, whatever you feel the devil has been holding, continue to push. You will get a hold of it. There is a reward as you continue pressing in. Because God is faithful. That which you lost, you will find. Which actually brings us to 
a heading. There are people who like uh, headings for messages. It is lost and found. Lost and found. So, having traveled, having travailed, having walked for miles on end, they reach a place where they stop and they look at each other. Saul and the servant look at each other and they say, man, this is now ridiculous. Dad is going to start worrying about, where, about our health and our safety. Let's go back because we have looked everywhere where we thought we may find them. Let's go back. I got news for you. Don't go back. Don't go back. You have already invested. Yes, you have lost out, but you have already invested a year of your life, two years of your life. Don't go back. We heard from Pastor Tom saying, our nation is in a good place right now. We are facing a good direction, a better direction, but let us never allow ourselves to go back again where life had impunity, where there was no accountability. Let's never look back with adoration and say, I am going back. The going is tough. We all know what happened to the wife of Lot who looked back. She turned into a pillar of salt. Don't look back. Don't go back. Don't quit on yourself. Keep pressing. Keep going. You're almost there. Your breakthrough is just around the corner. Why would you want to quit now? You've already walked a long distance. You've already invested. And would you just throw that away? No, let's not do that. So when they get to a place, I like to call this bus stop. The bus stop of ridiculous. This is a ridiculous place. Now they are saying, this is insane. This makes no sense at all for us to continue walking because it has been days and we have been walking. We have crossed rivers. We have killed snakes. We have killed birds. We have eaten raw meat. Now we are out of wild fruit. We are hungry. There is no rainfall in here, which means there is no water where we are going. Let us go back while we are still here. Church, we do not go back. We keep pressing in. We keep going forward. No matter what it takes. Because the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. So just keep going. You're going to find your lost stuff. Keep going. So let's, let's move on with this. And so they're talking in verse 6. And then... Saul says, hang on a minute, but there's a man of God in town. There is a man of God in town. Thank God for our man of God. Church, let us give a clap offering for our man of God. Because there is a man of God in town. So they are coming to their senses. You know, sometimes when you're in the middle of a gruesome battle in pursuit of what you have lost it becomes very difficult to see and recognize a man of God. These guys, they say, okay, we know there's a man of God somewhere in this town. Let us go in there. Let's go to the man of God. Is there a man of God in Chitunguiza? Is there a man of God in Mutare? Is there a man of God in Harare? One who is honorable. One who is not after our money. Is there a man of God who can give us a compass, a direction? Is there a man of God who can give us a word? Can we get a word from an honorable man who we know we can trust, even though we don't have a relationship, but does he have a good track record? This is the conversation they're having. So they decide to go to a man of God. And as they go to a man of God, <laughs> verse 11, as they went up, as they're as they going, 
Now we're coming back to Saul and his chiseled look. So as they are walking, the Bible says they came across some women. Okay? Now, there is no sin that is new or uncommon. The sin that will follow you is only attracted by what is in your heart. That which is in your heart is what you attract. There is no sin that is uncommon to no man. It is very common to you because it's in your heart. So this guy must have been wearing a vest. And I can see the ladies look, I mean, there's no mention of men here. It says women. So then they ask for directions. Now, along the path, along on this journey that we are on, we are, we have the right to ask people for direction. And it is okay to ask. It's okay to ask. I know us guys, sometimes we have issues in asking for directions because we want to figure it out. However, they ask and they are told which way to go. Be very careful who you ask. Be very careful who you share personal things, intimate things. It is not everyone that you go sharing and pouring your heart out to. There are others that you simply ask for directions at arm's length and you, and you continue on your journey. If you open up your heart to everyone willy-nilly, you know what? You're going to have to pay the price for that. You pay the price for that. And, you know, let's jump to verse 14. So they went up to the city, and as they were coming, as they were getting into the city, there they met the man of God. He was coming to see them. Let me read what it says in the Bible. So they went up to the city. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Why? Because he was going to make a sacrifice. And as he is walking, as they are walking, because these guys are so exhausted, they are so tired, they are weary, they meet the man of God. I got news for you today. In your pursuit, you heard this morning from Pastor Tom. He said, we are in a season of suddenlies. Your suddenly can happen as you are in pursuit of that which you know you have lost. God will meet you at your place of need. It can happen now. It can happen today. It can happen tomorrow. But I'm here to tell you, your suddenly is just around the corner. It can happen at any minute, any time as you are about your business. Many a times I have spoken with people, especially Especially the, the single people. I was once upon a time single. And I know the struggle of being single. When you are single, you are constantly on your toes. You are looking. You go to a conference, you are looking. You sit in, you are looking who's around you. Is someone seeing me? Can they see my best side? Etc. Etc. You know, that kind of a thing. And even if, even if the speaker cracks a joke, you are quite mindful of how you laugh in case they are looking at you. But here's the thing, but here's the thing, as we are about God's business, he meets with us. As we are about God's kingdom, he meets with us. He will intercept you, he will intercept me. I have already been intercepted before and it is a good interception when God suddenly appears in front of you. Saul and the servant have been walking. Suddenly, the man of God appears. And he says, let's get to the word. 
The man of God had already had his own encounter with God and God had told him that he was going to meet these two guys. And let's pick it up in verse verse 17. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is. That's the guy I told you about. So Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me where is the seer's house? Where is the man of God's place? These guys, you could say either they were dumb or they were out of their wits or they were just confused. The man of God is standing there and they are asking, where is the seer's house? Where is the man of God's house? Excuse me, I am the man of God. Because if you read further, they, the man of God says, it is I, I am the man of God. But they couldn't tell because the journey has been painful. It's been a long journey. Maybe the eyes couldn't even open. They are so weary, so exhausted. And that is a picture of you and I in life. Sometimes having fasted, having prayed, having held on in belief, having sold, having sacrificed, having gone on 10 day water fast, having gone on 40 days, 40 nights, Daniel's fast, you name it, in pursuit of that breakthrough. And suddenly, finally, God appears. And you can't tell the difference. The man of God appeared, but because the journey has been that painful, when Jesus appeared before the invalid, the invalid could not tell. Jesus says, what can I do for you? And he says, he starts giving an excuse. He says, I've been sitting here and every time the water is stirred, some, he, he, this is Jesus. He doesn't need the water to be stirred. You don't need any environment to be created for God to intercept your life. God can intercept your life right here, right now, even as you speak the words, as you release the words in prayer, because prayer is the language God understands. As you release the words, as you begin to give the instruction, because the word in your mouth, as Pastor Tom said, it is just as effective as God's word in his own mouth. So when you release that word it has power it has power there is power in your mouth there is power in my mouth let us speak the word of God confidently knowing that it is God who brought us here I did not bring myself here I have not been that clever to have figured everything out but the good hand of the Lord has guided me and brought me here I remember in 2007 as I was growing up, I had just, it was just a couple of months after I had married my wife. And we, we were in, in church, and uh, Pastor Bonnie was traveling. You know, she was passing through town in London, and she comes into the service. I was minding my own business at the back with the cables as a sound guy, you know. And during worship, Towards the end, she looks at me. I know this because I was standing against the wall, minding my business, my own business. Hands were not even raised, but I was just standing there, making sure that the sound levels and all the IQs were balanced. And she says, you come here. I was at the back, and I walked, and I was nervous when she called me because I didn't know what to expect at this point. And as I walked to the front, she says to me, what is your name? And she says, what do you see? At that point, I must be very honest and open. I couldn't see much, really. I was, <laughs> I, I was seeing Pastor Bonnie standing there, and she's saying, what do you see? 
So it didn't really make much sense at the time. This is 2007. Now I see, I see it by the Spirit. However, and then she asked me to do something that really completely and totally embarrassed me out of my skin. She says, roar like a lion. She says, roar. And then she puts the mic in my face. <laughs> At this point, the whole congregation is, is all standing there like, what's he going to do? You need to understand the community that I was living in. You don't do stuff that is just uncouth. You just don't roar like we're in the bush. I am standing there. We're in central London. And this lady puts a mic and she says, roar. <laughs> so... I, I fidgeted and I looked down. I hoped that she would take the mic away. And she even said it louder. She goes, Raw! I did roar. And I am still roaring. I am still roaring. Now, we are gonna, we're going to round up because I want us to pray. So, in verse 18, let me read it from verse 17. So, when Samuel saw Saul, he said to him, there he is. This is the one who shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near. Okay, we've read that. Let's jump to verse 21. And Saul answered and said, so... Samuel wants to anoint this guy. And this guy has got his own insecurities. He has issues because of how life has been, because of what he has just been going through. He has traveled so much. And now he's being told, we're going to anoint you as king. And now he begins to find an excuse to disqualify himself. You and I have got our own plans of how our lives should go. But God has a better plan for your life and for my life. Where I feel I could have this bottle of water, God wants to give me a drum. Do you know what I'm saying? God's plans are higher and better than what I think for myself and of myself. God can do more than what I can imagine, dream of, or even ask of him. Because that is his nature. Because the thoughts that I have for myself are different from the thoughts that God has for me. God loves my future more than I know of my future. God loves me more than I actually love myself. God will do so much for me more than I can do for my own good. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the man of God says, no, I am going to anoint you. You are going to rule. You will be the king. And Saul stands there. Now he's baffled and he begins to read the excuses as to why he, he must be disqualified. Do not disqualify yourself today because God wants to bless you. Don't let thoughts and past experiences disqualify you. Yes, it has happened before. Yes, you have failed. Yes, you lost something. Yes, it's been a year. It's been five years. It's been ten years. But God can restore that. God wants to promote you because it's your season. This is your moment of your suddenly. So it doesn't matter what has already happened, what you have already been through. Paul says, I forget that which is in the past, but I strive for that which is ahead, pushing on, pressing in. It doesn't matter. It's already in the past. We don't live in the past. As you heard, I don't put my faith in my history. I don't put my faith in the future. I put my faith in the now because he is a God of the now. He is a suddenly kind of a God. Hallelujah. You believe you're getting your breakthrough today? So 
As we conclude our, our story of what's been lost, as we continue to pursue what's been lost, and we are seeing what these guys, what these guys went through. So the man of God realizes, okay, we have some character issues here. There's some character gaps here. In life, there are people with character gaps who are afraid of succeeding. Not afraid of failure. I'm talking about fear of succeeding. There's a fear of success. Why do you think it must not be you? Why should it not be you? Why not you? Why should it be someone else? It is your time. It is your season. So receive your breakthrough. You have already sold and invested. You believe it. So get it. It's now your time. You are standing on the edge. My brother, my sister, this is your breakthrough. Don't be afraid. Jump. It's okay. God has got your back. You will not break your leg because the angels are around you. It's time to leap into our breakthrough. So... Don't worry about this. We're going to get to this in a moment. So here's the last point of today. In verse 23. So Samuel realizes, okay, we have, we have a problem here. And then he says, he says to his cook, to the chef, do you have any chefs in the house? Okay, all right. You see, you're in the word of God. There are some professions that are in the word of God, and there are some professions that we, anyway, <laughs> bring... Bring the portion which I gave you. This is Samuel speaking to the chef. He says, bring the portion that I gave you, of which I said, set it apart. Bring that portion. So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. Can you see? Now we are talking of royal delicacies. Now we are talking of royal food now. We are no longer talking of chicken legs now. We are talking of real royal food. The food that is served for kings. In this year, I am saying, God, I will partake of royal food. I am done with chicken wings or chicken legs, but I am going for the royal portions. Amen? So the cook took it up and... Um, and said it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. Eat, for until this time it has been kept for you. Since I, was, since I said I invited the people, this has been preserved and kept for you. God knows what you need. God knows what is good for you. God knows the blessing that you are longing for. God has it in store. He has kept it apart. It is for you. It is not for anybody else. And you will get it in due time, in due season. There is a reason why God does not jump at every prayer that, is, that we make. There's a reason why God does not speak every time we pray. There's a reason why God withholds the angels every time we pray. They, everything happens in its due season. There's a right time for everything. There's a time for you to receive but there's a time for you to mature there's a time for you to grow there's a time for you to appreciate those that have labored amongst you those that have gone before you there's a time to put everything in context there is just a time and then in due season God says angels now it is the time now release the choice portions now release let my child receive let my child be blessed 
I have kept this for my child. I have kept it apart. I have seen you crying. I have seen you praying. I have seen you sweating. I have seen you being embarrassed, being emasculated. I have seen you being overlooked. I have seen you dwelling in the land of forgetfulness. I have seen people overlook you, but your time has come. There is something that I have kept aside. It is for you. Your time is coming. And when your time comes, it will be prepared because God prepares a table just for you. He knows what you need. There is a royal portion for you and for me. And in due season, we will receive in 2018 there what we think we lost in the last seven years. God says, I am going to pour it back. You are going to receive it. There is a fresh anointing that is coming in the year of 2018. What you thought was stolen, what you thought had been buried in 2018, God will resurrect that. God remembers he is not man that he would forget about you. He is not man that he would fall asleep. He is not man that he would fold his arms and not do anything. He is watching what we go through. He knows we can sustain it. He knows we can stand it. So my brother, my sister, yes, no one knows how much pain you have gone through. But God knows what you have gone through. God knows. He holds the tears. All the tears that you and I have shed in the dark of night. He knows them. The hairs that have fallen off as we scratch our head thinking where are we going to get the next meal? Where am I going to get the next dollar for my school fees? God knows. He sees. But God has got your number. And in due season, God will call you what he has prepared for you. You will get it. And now... Even in this prayer time of 2018, when God begins to bless you, God doesn't bless you as men do. God does not just bless you with sufficiency. God meets more than sufficiency. A wilderness kind of a lifestyle means this is all I have. But this is enough for my family, for my wife and my two boys. It is enough for us. This is like daily bread. This is the manna in the wilderness. When you are on your journey, this is all you can carry. This is all you need. This is all you have. You have your daily sustenance because you are on a journey. You are still pursuing it. This is all you have. But watch, when God commands the angels to open the doors, to bring a blessing, to bring a breakthrough for you, that which you feel you had lost, God gives you this jar as if it's not enough. He gives you another one as if that's not enough. He gives you another one as if that's not enough. He takes a bigger one as if that's not enough. God will give you another one. Why? Because God wants wants us to share. He says, I'm going to give you a breakthrough, but it will not just benefit you. You will have more than enough for your family. You can share with the church. You can share with the community. God blesses you and I so that we can go out there and be a blessing and share. I can't share because this is just enough for me, my wife and my two kids just for today. So there's not enough in this cup. But when I am in abundance, when God begins to bless me, I have more than enough 
enough. We can share from this thing and there'll be more than enough. When God begins to bless you, his math is crazy. It is not one, two, three, four. It is one, 10,000, 30,000, 60,000. That's what God does. We are in that season, church. What we think we lost, what the enemy thinks he has won by withholding. No, he has lost because it's gonna, when God begins to bless you, it is called restitution. When God gives you, he gives you more than enough, more than sufficient, but it is enough for you to share, to be a blessing, to say, God, I trust you with this. Today, church, if there is anyone who feels I am in pursuit, I have been on this journey, but now <laughs> I am believing that as we begin the year, I am issuing a decree. I am issuing a declaration. Let the heavens know. Let the earth know that my season is drawing closer. I am praying in faith. I am calling it. I am calling it from every direction, from this way. I don't know. I don't care where it has been hidden, where it has been withheld, but it is coming in this year of 2018 where I was getting one. I am going to get five. I'm going to get ten because my God is faithful. My God is faithful. He is faithful. He will not reward like man rewards. He gives graciously. He is the father of lights. He says, if you, though weak and mortal as you are, if you know how to give your children good gifts, what about me? I am God. I own everything. When I am blessing you, I will give you a blessing that is like boat sinking, net breaking kind of a blessing. You will call your friends and say, come and help me. The blessing is so much. Let us share. Let us share. Can I get an amen from someone who believes God is blessing you? Oh, my It's our time. It is the time in 2018 as a church, we will not be in lack, but we'll be in abundance. Today, my prayer point is what I lost last year, what I lost two years ago, what I lost seven years ago, I am getting back in abundance. There's restitution because my God is faithful. My God hears my prayers. He has all my prayers. He has been with me. He is with me and he will restitute my life. He will restore my life. He is a God of restoration. Father, tonight, today we bless your name. We thank you for your faithfulness that you are a God who blesses us, Father, whether young or old. Father, rich or poor, black or white. Father, in spite of our backgrounds, you have plans to prosper us, to prosper this church, to bless the church. Father, in the year of 2018, we thank you, Father, that we see by the Spirit our breakthrough, that which was lost, that which was stolen, that which was held by the enemy. Father, we are calling it by the Spirit. We are calling it by the Spirit. Come on, church. Call it by the Spirit. We are calling it. We are calling it in this season, in this year. Restoration has come to you and me. We are in our season of restoration. I will not be afraid, but I will run knowing my God is with me. I am in my season.
sin, my brother. I am there because my God is faithful. My God is faithful. Lord, we thank you. What the church lost, you are restoring. You are giving back. Where we lost money, Father, you are restoring. You are giving back. Where we lost job opportunities, you are restoring. You are giving back. Where we lost investment opportunities, you are restoring. You are giving back. Where we lost relationships, you are restoring. You are giving back. Where we lost our loved ones, you are restoring. You said I'm the father to the fatherless. You are all we need today, Father. You are all we need, Father. You are all we need today, Father. With you, oh God, I know we're in the majority. We are in the winning side. With you, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.